Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and we have a chock-full episode for you. In part one, we've got Jonah back with FCC headlines, recapping that one nothing victory over the Colorado Rapids. This team just cannot lose, can it? In part two, we're looking bigger picture. Is there a trophy that you'd rather win of all of the trophies that FCC is still competing for. And in part three, we do our best to look ahead to New York City FC this week. And that's gonna be your Cincy Postcast. joining me to talk about all of that and more or less i don't know how much we actually want to talk about this game we are joined by the full complement of co-hosts tonight we've got the chief we've got grayson and we've got jonah jonah is it fair to say you are a mainstay fixture of the pod at this point or we should should i continue to pretend like these are guest appearances well, as your numbers continue to, should I say, our numbers continue to, uh, <laughs> as much as Chief wants to shit on them, continue to run circles around KLR, I want to be part of a, a winning experience, you know? It's like an FCC player from like 2020 being like, ah, oh, yeah, I actually did play for FCC. Now you want a piece of the pie now that it's not a laughing stock, stock organization. So sure, I'm proud to be, you know, I've already been one of its Pulitzer Prize winning article writers. So yes, of course, one more feather in my cap. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> appreciate you guys having me every week, even if it's, you know, against the will of some of the listeners. Oh, well, you know, we get lots of complaints about your appearances, but I think if we just trudge through, we'll whittle down to the audience that we want, not the audience that 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 does we make, don't want. <laughs> that does make me wonder if like Florian Below is walking around with just a little more pep in his step right now, knowing that he was a part of a supporter shield contending organization, a team that is running away with the league in first place with 10 wins. He's like, that's right. I was there, too. Like, are you ex are you ex Red Bull? Like no 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 ex FCC. <laughs> the victorious oh, one. Oh, that's a great point, Chief. And then of course we gotta welcome back to the pod Grayson. Grayson, I, I appreciated the uh the remote uh dispatch from the upper peninsula did you did you run into i think me and chief talked about this after uh we stopped recording did you run into any uh superior separatists the people that would like the upper peninsula to be its own state i will tell you it's it's very possible i did um <laughs> i there were a lot of people that like i wasn't really very motivated to stop and figure out what their deal was <laughs> that sounds right yeah <laughs> It's a militia adjacent country up there uh, in a lot of places. So we're, we're glad you made it back. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah it was a it was a it was a whirlwind. Yeah, good. Yeah. good. For those people that can't see it at home, we're, we record over Zoom. Grayson is proudly showing off some new Kid Rock merch. So I appreciate yeah. that he went native in Michigan during his time there. That's just uh, really nice. Speaking of, of Kid Rock merch um, on. <laughs> On Saturday, I was visiting my wife's family that lives in the Twin Cities, and um, everyone in their circle there is... So my, my wife is from Eastern Europe, 
everyone in the circle is from Eastern Europe. They're all doctors. <laughs> and they all wear jorts. <laughs> What's wrong with jorts? I don't know. It's just I say like, I'm going to go hang out with a group of doctors by the lake. I'm not expecting everybody, literally everybody, to be wearing jorts. People forget John look. Cena was like a 15 time WWE champion, wore jorts his entire career. It's a winning yeah, look. Yeah, no, that's not inconsistent with what I said. <laughs> I always think of Florida when I hear jorts, so I'm happy to see that the northern part of the country gets involved as well. So that's good. It's the oh, Florida God. of the North. If you drive high in, enough. in a lot of ways, Minnesota is the Florida of the North. Uh, well, gracing your trip may have been a whirlwind, but this FC Cincinnati match was certainly not that. Uh, maybe the weather was. I don't know. I was not there. I was merely watching uh, from my basement couch late at night on this one. Uh, FC Cincinnati wins in a thrilling one nothing victory over the Colorado Rapids. It was, uh, I don't know, Chief, what's the top line takeaway? Am I allowed to say boring? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Um, oh, I'm a Chelsea fan. Like, this is <laughs> this is winning football that I, you know, grew up on in the Premier League, so to speak. You can You can be successful and be boring as long as you're technically proficient, as long as you're competent, as long as you defend well, and as long as you make the most of the opportunities that are presented to you in terms of scoring. So, yeah, it was boring. But that's kind of been this team's M.O. for the entire year. And maybe it's time that we we keep waiting for this team to have another gear offensively. And every week it's like, oh, this is the week we're going to have, you know, that offensive output where you're going to see Lucho. You're going to see Vasquez. You're going to see, you know, Barrial scoring a banger. And just maybe that's just not who this team is. Maybe this is who we are. This is we are a boring team that defends well. And that wins a lot of games where you look back on it and think to yourself, man, how did they not score in the second half against us? <laughs> yeah, it's another kind of running theme is not capitalizing on on chances you get when when they have a lot of the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. it was another game where we started off the first 20 minutes with 80 something possession had. Um, you know, plenty of opportunities in the first half, you know, should have absolutely put more than one, uh, more than one goal in the back of the net. You yeah. know, you have, but you had like Lucho, you know, whiffing. And, you know, I saw, I saw, I did, I saw a headline in Barry Weiss's free press. Uh, it's her new, uh, newsletter, um, about, um, FC Cincinnati's continued reliance on, um, counterattacks to actually score. So okay. detransition, baby. FC needs to abandon offensive counterculture and win through system that maintains ball possession. <laughs> wow. Wow. The ball possession was a slow burn for me, too. That was good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll go through this game here in a moment, but uh, I, I will ask you, Jonah, if you're, you're wearing a Spurs shirt and... I, therefore, I feel like you're, you're most qualified to answer this. Is Pat Noonan Jose Mourinho, but without the theatrics, but in front of a microphone? Because that's his style of play, yeah? That's what I'm picking up here. 
I still also Man United fan, but you know, okay. love some vintage gear. I'm just hey, I'm not like Todd. I don't really it, care I'm that much. It. <laughs> <laughs> still applies. He coached for nearly not everybody. Fighting, I'm not fighting in any alleys with uh <laughs> with hard lad gooners. Um, but I was gonna say, although we are playing this way, it's still more entertaining than. You know, Nike, not Nike camp. <laughs> sure. Why not Stom. Nike camp? Stom parking the yep. bus. Like yes. we enjoyed that because it was kind of funny. And I was like, wow, we found a way to grind it out. Us, it's like you can see this, the, the edges of a very good team. They give you enough where you know what you're missing. Like, like you tell Lucho whiffing or like Vasquez ripping that shot, which was kind of tight, but also if he could have played in Lucho on the right (laughs) and that Lucho (laughs) let him know like he does with every time. Um, So we're getting those. And also if not to get ahead of ourselves, if Santos taps it in, it's two nothing, but like, was it a, a two goal game? Like we would have, it looks a lot better than another one nil. But, uh, so I don't think that we have another gear. I think we're playing the way we're going to play, but I do think some, you know, like he said, Grayson said, some of these goals are going to go in eventually. So I don't see any reason for Noonan to change anything. Cause it's, if it's working the way it is. So I wouldn't say we're playing boring soccer. We're just, you know, we're doing it kind of in a boring way. But if the guys would just 5% hitting more, it would seem a lot more exciting because we can be exciting for stretches of time. But for now, we'll just take being the best team after uh, this many games, yeah. the fourth best team ever in this many games. So, I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> good consultation prize for now, but we're not satisfied. Yeah. Stomp, Stomp's possession base system was the most boring. That this team oh, ever yes, was. Yes. Awful. It was so awful. They have like 50, 60 percent of the ball and generate zero chances. Yeah. All passes it, going sideways. At least under Koch and then Demay, like even if you were an FC Cincinnati fan and you wanted to see the team win, you could get some degree of enjoyment watching the other team score a bunch of goals and having a lot of fun out there. Like <laughs> at least there was some entertaining product on the field with, with Stom, he didn't even get that. They deprived the other team of any joy as well. Please the top over top line takeover. And basically yeah. like the takeaway on this was, um, I saw this headline in Psychology Today. We decided to do more of a mental rotation. Pat Noonan explains lack of excitement in Rapids matchup. <laughs> that now that's the perfect transition I needed because yes, this this lineup is virtually unchanged from if you think of the Columbus Crew match, the last league match. Plenty of changes from the Open Cup match, but Celentano and goal, Murphy on the left, Miazga, Mosquera on the right, Haglin, I guess, picking up a knock or at least getting the night off. Barial on the left, Gaddis on the right in your fullback positions. It was the full first choice midfield, Moreno, Woboto, Acosta with Badgy and Vasquez up top i didn't really surprise me although i thought maybe acosta might get a night off after going 120 minutes versus red bulls midweek uh i thought in my opinion the most interesting thing was on the other side with the lineup calvin harris starting against fc cincinnati of course the revenge game for him and i loved this one it was anthony Marcanic on the left 
the identical twin brother of Nick Marcanic. But boy, did that get Adrian Healy all game. He was convinced Marcanic had played for us and um, I brought it up constantly. I, I did see a headline about that, too, um, in broadcasting and cable magazine. Does anyone else smell gas? Adrian Healy attempts to convince viewers that Anthony Marcanic played for FC Cincinnati throughout 2022. Hey, if, if Kevin hadn't said otherwise in Discord, I was just, whatever Adrian Healy said, I was like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Colorado. <laughs> Does the other one play for Minnesota? Did you the say other one's in the USL, no. I think. The Charleston? Charleston Battery, I think. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck plays for... Did one of them ever play for Minnesota? Am I no, making that No, because Anthony Marcanic was was drafted by Colorado. They were they were both drafted. Were they both first round draft picks. No, no. Nick Markanik was a second round. That's it. That's it. Anthony was like late, late first round. Nick was early second. That's crazy. You might awkward. know this. Did they play for the same college team? Yeah. Ah. Northern Illinois. Hey. Maction. Huskies. Nice. Um. That's all I got. <laughs> I that was interesting, but yeah, this was the Calvin Harris game before during and after and there was a headline about this this is in the uh air devise times liking what he sees nightcamp acts swiftly to bring calvin harris to holland after thrilling first half i'm thinking that also might be the reason he got pulled they got a call they're like we can't risk injury <laughs> on this calvin harris guy uh he was either taking it at the goal when he should have passed it or he was passing back when he should have gone forward uh it wasn't one of the games i was like he's i we all do this. We all thought this about Adi, the ex SEC player who's going to burn us when they play us. And it's like, nope, turns out they're trash. <laughs> and, uh, but I don't know. Calvin Harris, I think he's better than he showed us, but he definitely didn't show much in that game. So no Calvin Harris revenge game. I felt night. like he was trying, trying too hard to make the Calvin Harris revenge game happen, which is part of his problem. Yes. Yeah. Like he was holding on to the ball too long and he was taking shots that he probably shouldn't have taken when he, could have been looking for his teammates instead. Oh, absolutely. It, it was very you, much, it very much was a, oh yeah, this is why this guy doesn't play for us any longer. I was half, I was half hoping he would yeah. score it only to get the Noonan stare down part two. Exactly. Exactly. That, that did not end amicably. It was not a, a professional goodbye. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it was the League's Cup showcase where they were just wanting to get that brand in front of everybody last year against Chivas. He scores against a, a meaningless C team from Chivas, maybe a B team. And um, yeah, he death stares to the bench when he scored. <laughs> How you like me now, baby? And nobody, the only other person who reacted. The, the person who reacted most strongly to that goal, other than Calvin Harris, was Tyler Blackett. Yes. And it's like, it was like one of those, like, oh, he really thinks he did something here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the two people on the team that probably spent a lot of time, like, sitting in the back of the room, just being mad at the current situation. I mean, I imagine at a certain point they were told, you guys are useless, you're making up training numbers, and please pack your bags before the end of the season because you were gone immediately. <laughs> Except Blackett was, had his option picked up. It's still <laughs> one of the great head-scratching moments. They probably announced uh, they were keeping Blackett for the rest of the season earlier than they're going to announce they're keeping mascara for the rest of the season. 
Damn, that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Blackett is the backup plan when uh, Mascara goes back to England. Yeah. Uh, I uh, yeah. So this game, I thought, started off nicely. FCC was on the front foot for before we before we get too yeah. deep into like analyzing the game. I do want to please, ask this question: are, are, are we going to get too deep in analyzing the game? Because I absolutely <laughs> can't do that. No, I just wanted to move through here. a timeline of sorts. <laughs> but like before we move through the timeline, was it was I the only one that was surprised they didn't rotate more heavily in this game? I thought for certain that this would be a game where you would see. A lot more Malik Pinto, a lot more Angulo. Um, I just was surprised that they're, I guess, is, is do we think the plan is just we're just going to keep rolling out the 11 until we either lose or someone's legs fall off? That has to be the plan. Uh, I think Noonan has said that his philosophy on rotation is like, you rotate, you know, fewer than fewer than four. Like four is like the most hmm. you ever you ever rotate based on based on results um but i will say that my perception of whether of when we rotate and the quality of our opponent is just like really skewed right now because i saw there was no nick Hagland, and i was like oh we're rotating and then i see colorado and i'm like oh man this is a this is a really strong team. They have Jonathan Lewis. Cause I just remember like, <laughs> like any MLS player I, I can name. I remember them like scoring, just, just running, <laughs> running as ragged in, you know, 2020. Yeah. I chief to your point though. I thought, uh, it was weird that FCC was getting somewhere around like plus 200 on all the betting sites to the point where I was like, Oh, well someone in Vegas knows Lucho didn't travel or, you know, has, has gotten tipped off that they're rotating for this one. And it would have made a lot more sense. I think like if we were doing the classic sort of rotate for a night off so that the, the first team can, can get a little more rest because the next game is against New York city FC who, are on terrible form, don't get me wrong, but are at least an Eastern Conference opponent with a large budget that could eventually push you for, you know, top of the playoff uh, positions there. And the conference opponent feels more important than a bad Western Conference team, but no, Noonan did not agree with that, Dave. Jonah, did you, did you get in on, on any of those betting lines that were very charitable to FCC? Yeah, at FCC to win... With Vasquez anytime goal scorer, so oh. I, hitched, I hitched my wagon. You oh. do say, told, you do say that like, oh, maybe Vegas knew something was up, but then when you check the betting apps for this game, Brenner was still Brenner, most likely to score on the most likely to score list, <laughs> and then you realize there's nobody in Las Vegas pays attention to these games at all. Nope, they're running the scoring, it to an algorithm. <laughs> yeah, the scoring odds are insane every game. I used to read them like last year all the time and it would be like Baji had better odds to score than Lucho <laughs> after Lucho had scored multiple goals. I don't know. It was like it never and it never adjusted ever. So yeah, I mean you could and you could get good numbers on stuff, but uh you still can't account for Vasquez not getting that goal. But uh <laughs> I was like, come on, get that late bullshit one. Come on, buddy, we could do this. <laughs> but uh but yeah just in general as I'm watching I was like Colorado's not very good. Um, you're watching the game and they had every chance to tie the game, obviously, um, a million right. chances. But that's the thing about 
being a shitty team as many times you get those chances and then you're thinking about this was us year one how many times you hit the post i mean they hit the inside of the post and it bounced across the goal darren maddox hit the post probably five times in our first season but <laughs> if you're a shitty team guess what it's not going on the inside of the post you're gordon bombay for the hawks <laughs> you know three inches the other way and you miss completely so uh but yeah I did think it was strange, and as soon as the game starts, you're thinking they started Calvin Harris and the other Markinick, so we should win this game, and, you know, if you just close your eyes, it turned out exactly the way we thought it would, just <laughs> in a slightly hard-to-watch way. Yeah, I, uh, it was just, it was nice to finally be on the side of, like, facing a really shitty team. Like, I don't really know that we've had that yet this year. Maybe there's someone in there I'm missing, but it was really nice to have like every bounce go our way, every shot of theirs that should have been a goal took a weird deflection or yeah, bounce off the inside of the post. It was, I don't know, it's been a long time since we've gotten those kinds of breaks and uh, it was nice to get them. Um, so yeah. Oh, so the other thing I got to point out, uh, William Yarborough, this is the guy, this was the name I was thinking of when we were talking about... Uh, uh Balgun or, or however we pronounce his name in France. William Yarborough was putting together first team performances for Lyon in France for years. He was the next US men's national team goalkeeper. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. You miss you missed you, you mixed up you're mixing up Lyon's. You're mixing up Lyon in France. With oh, no. Club Leon <laughs> in Liga MX. He was in and France, though, was Lahr he not? No, well, I, oh, I'm damn. almost certain. I'm not going to look this up. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll apologize on the next episode. But I'm positive that William Yarbrough played in Mexico. He's because Mexican. He, he is Mexican. He did. Yeah. He did. What? I he's, really a Mexican, <laughs> he's a Mexican-American <laughs> dual national because his parents are like missionaries or something. That's exactly yes, it. So he, he grew up in he grew up in, in Mexico and I believe 100%. won a league title. Yes. With no, Leo. he did phenomenally there. And he had to file, I think, a one-time switch. Maybe not, but it was, it was a big controversy. I don't think he did, but... It was a big right. controversy about I'm whether even, that... I'm not even sure he's cap-tied. Because I, I don't think he's ever had a competitive appearance Ooh, with the he's men's got three appearances. It doesn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They might be camp cupcake appearances. He's played yeah. with the Turner's uh, first team call up to the United States national team in March of 2015. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's 34. <laughs> okay, he's pretty old. He was on the Mexican U20 team. Uh, maybe he did file it. Maybe he did file a one-time switch. We're if learning a, a lot about this yeah. I'm just reading his Wikipedia page. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I remember him having a ton of hype around him, and then he he had to go on loan to Colorado for something, and that's where his career ended. And it never it never got going after that. Um, so yeah, there you go. A hyped goalkeeping product who has a. Uh, fine career i'm sure in mls so nice guy uh, i'm good sure stuff. yeah no yeah. not nothing nothing bad about him okay so, um, this, so on yeah. this game i have a question yeah. this this goes to probably people that know more about soccer than i do why is it that every game we follow the exact same script of we come out like we're fired out of a cannon we dominate possession and then slowly as the game goes on we see less and less of the ball until we're just hanging on for dear life at the end. Like, why is it that 
everything looks so great. And then it's always about the same time in the game, always about like 25 minutes into the game. The other team is like, oh, oh, we'll just we'll take the ball now. We'll 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 be that guy. It It's so consistent. It, it almost has to be deliberate, right? Like. You could tell the guys to start slow and, and end strong. I guess that's an option you could you could have out there. I do know uh, the announcers had said that they, they had talked to Noonan before the game, and, and one of the key things he wanted to focus on was getting off to a strong start, getting an early goal, and that that would set the tone, and they, they certainly wanted to get an early goal on the road against this team to demoralize them. They hadn't won at home. But yeah, man, maybe maybe they just they gun for an early lead knowing they'll all be tired by the end. Like I don't know what the what the thought is. Gary Walker. <laughs> is Gary Walker the problem? <laughs> Gary Walker out. But you know. Yeah. I mean, it's been true since before Noonan. At least according to how I remember my podcast, started out strong. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> I guess it's good though that we don't have that many examples where we're like started out like shit. Didn't, uh, you know, didn't we dominate st- like the first twenty minutes of that MLS's back game against Columbus in twenty twenty? That Columbus ended up winning four to four to nothing. The yes. game that I the game that I always remember where it was was that first game against Nashville. It was Brenner's yes. first game. Where for the mm-hmm. first 20 minutes of that mm. game, I was convinced Oof. this team was going to win MLS Cup that year. That they, <laughs> the league had fucked up allowing us to sign Brenner and everything was going to come together. And like for 20 minutes, it was right there. And then it was same as we've seen this year where it's like, oh, oh, no, that's not sustainable for the entire game. And then the season just went into a nosedive from that point <laughs> forward. And yeah. Lucha had a sweet goal that that game too. He, yeah, he uh, you know uh, chipped it, chipped it over yeah. the keeper, like a scoop and then, shot. Yeah, Brenner did his steal the ball off the goalie's foot and scored immediately. Yeah, that Lucho was... goal we were talking about a few weeks ago. He did like that same thing on the sideline, just like to get away from a guy. I was saying I've never seen anybody else do that. Never seen anyone else do that on a goalie. <laughs> yeah. Like you see people chip, but he like just like delicately like flicked it up. 16 yep. inches over the guy. He's the only one who can do that. But, you know, we did score eventually, guys. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. There was, in fact, a goal. Dom Baji doing Dom Baji things, we can say. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, did you see there's a headline about it? Oh, was this there? This is in the uh, Denver Free Post. I got to remember. What did I say? Pulling for Don. Rapids goalie gives Baji a hero's welcome as he Ole's shot into the net. Next one won't be free. Keeper chuckles. So that's some of that Leon uh, <laughs> coming through. Because um, on the first watch, you're like, how'd that bad boy get in? And folks, it's just Don Baji style. He's sliding in on there. What are you going to say, Grayson? I, I, was in, I was in Milwaukee last night, so I had to check the local papers. And I found this headline in the Milwaukee Sentinel. Mm. Um Shotgun approach to starting strikers. Fans say, hey, wait, we got no real complaint. Baji comes out shooting with both barrels as FC reaches Nirvana with heart-shaped Baji celebration. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Makes a quality heart with the hands. It's almost emoji worthy. (laughs) It was a good heart. It was a good heart. I didn't see this headline, too, um, on (laughs) Brazzers.com. I just don't enjoy being a sub. Dom explains his punishing start against old club. 
<laughs> he is much more Don of a dumb. Buddy. That is that is for sure. <laughs> he scored against the old club. I I understand it is a former club. He's played for maybe one, maybe two other clubs since then. At what point is it just enough time has passed that you don't celebrate against a former club? Well, he went or- back to Colorado. Oh. So he he played with Colorado most recently before he came oh, to okay. us. And he's had all of his best goal scoring years with okay. Colorado. I thought he came directly from Nashville. That's that's mm. on me. Clearly, I do the research here on this podcast. So is, is <laughs> well, the heart. They, they did mention this on the broadcast, but also like. Could have been wrong. There's no guarantee that anything that they said was right. I think they called Murphy Harris like three times in a two-minute sequence. Yeah, that's just racist. Uh, Do you think the heart was kind of strange though? Like immediately after, like you score a goal, you're like, "Love you, love you guys." (laughs) It's like the not celebrating is usually the go-to, which I find kind of annoying. Anyways, Um, I can't imagine Don Baji being that like crazy of a celebrator. Anyways, but he hasn't scored for us, so I. I don't think it took any of the joy away, but just like if I'm them and they score, he's like, oh, but he loves us. <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, even if I love Don Baji, I'm not like looking for that right at that moment. You know, you just put the hands up and then like go celebrate with your team. The heart's like, hee hee. <laughs> but good for him. I'm happy he scored a goal and he's looked like uh, our best striker for the last couple of weeks. So hopefully yes. that's the first of many, many, many goals to come. Was it Andrew Gutman? in yes that 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 draw i want to say last year where he scored against us and had no issue celebrating we had a former player who had zero issues celebrating he didn't celebrate against us as a red bull right i was at i had uh oh okay okay. i had had great had field tickets for that one i was right there and you know he was like very and he had very nice words to say uh, chief you know he's mr red bull over here i'm sure he knows every nice thing the red bulls said (laughs) i was listening to the podcast today uh but he went out of his way after the game too to be like these fans deserve you know a good team and good things are going to come to this team so i was like all right so then i think by the next time like he's good atlanta he's he's like all right guys i did my piece so now (laughs) fuck you and fuck you yeah, you yeah. only do the not celebrate once against the former club because you got to assume you're going to keep scoring, right? Like you got to bet on yourself. You can't not celebrate against all of your former clubs. I feel like Kai Kamara wouldn't ever be able to celebrate. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, unless like it's a situation where it's like this was a team that you were like super tied to for your entire career. Like, right. You know, like when Frank Lampard did that stint at City, like there, he was never going to celebrate a goal against Chelsea. That was just never going to happen on that. But like, for the most part, there is a very fun unwritten rule about this where it's like, when do I celebrate? Like, has enough time passed? What was my connection to this club? What was my connection to the fan base? And you've got to have all that in your head prior to even winding up the kick. When you go into the game, you've got to be thinking about that sitting in your locker. Am I going to celebrate? Like in this game. I guarantee you Calvin Harris was thinking up celebrations. Yeah, I was going to say, what was what yeah. was Calvin Harris's celebration? Was it oh, run he was to like, the FCC he, bench? He, he was, it was going to be like a full Ocho Cinco thing. He probably had like a routine. He had a custom shirt on under his jersey. Yeah, the, Someone in the crowd me? is dressed up for him, yeah. They were going to cue up the How You Like Me Now song as like a music like, cue. 
He takes his jersey <laughs> off, and underneath his jersey is an FC Cincinnati jersey. Then he takes that off, throws it on the ground, and stomps on it right there. <laughs> you know who had no trouble celebrating it all during the course of the game? It was Johnny Nelson uh, for, no. for St. Louis. And, <laughs> you know, after... I saw, like, I saw a kind of snippet of his press conference after that game, and he said something that was he said something weird, and I'm I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was like I think you know, like the I vote really was correct in 2020. Oh no, yeah, Johnny! Yeah, no. <laughs> it was like it was like I really really wanted to beat those guys or something like that, and it was mm. almost like it was almost like something you'd expect a guy to say who had been cut from a team. <laughs> Right. Or like shipped off, but like we tried, we wanted to keep him, right? Like he, like so. I think if I think it's probably if the if the team like pushes you off, like Calvin Harris was, you know, like unceremoniously, perfectly fine. Yeah. Even if you think, even if you think a guy shouldn't celebrate against his previous team under most circumstances, Calvin Harris would have been perfectly clear. Uh doing whatever he wanted if he had scored but you know he didn't really get that close to scoring so i guess it's just something we haven't come across too much because in usl one we kept a lot of the guys that we were with and if they left us they either left left the sport or went to mls when we were in usl and then once we made it to major league soccer i think i've said this before but like every player who left either retired or went to USL. Like nobody went on to have like a, a pretty okay career in Major League Soccer after 2019 and barely than, after 2020. Other than Gutman, I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. And Frank Frankie's yeah, so, still playing. <laughs> I guess he's still around there. I think Victor Uo is still on Miami's roster. It's as far as I've gotten. Spencer Ritchie, I think, played in the open cup for Chicago. Hassan Adam um, started last weekend for for Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. So yeah, I guess we just don't have a ton of experience of former guys scoring on us. So I, it's a fun thing to look forward to as we go on, I guess. Have you, um, uh, speaking of my my jersey, I've been added yes. wearing a Tottenham jersey. Um, uh, Derek Etienne also has scored on us. Oh, good point. And I feel like he was kind of it felt a little bitter. I don't remember because we didn't we didn't pick up. Bitter. So he's a guy we didn't pick up his option, even though we were awful. Yeah, that and was he only a played for those for half a season. Yeah, end of end of nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adebayor scoring against Arsenal. Yeah, I think he played for Arsenal and Tottenham, but he's mm-hmm. like I think it was when he was for Man City. He runs to the opposite end to the visiting fans and like celebrates in front of Arsenal and almost starts a riot. That's like the perfect example of like going the other way. It's worth a look up on YouTube just to see these like enraged, like bright red English faces, just like, ah, 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 like running to <laughs> fucking kill this guy. And uh, it's like from a neutral, you're like, that's, that's what I want. <laughs> what the shithead. What does Brenner do when he scores against us in the club world cup? Have you guys thought about that? I, I mean, does he kiss the new crest just like to rub it in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he runs over and kisses the FCC crest as a a mocking kiss to to the club. He has a threesome with the crest, and we're like, Brennan, this is this pulls is out a picture weird. of Chris Albright and rips it up on the field. Little <laughs> <Connor>. <laughs> no, he he gives a silent nod up to his 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 rep, 
And that person immediately starts working the back channels in the FC Cincinnati <laughs> media to try and get the story out of why this goal meant so much to Brenner. <laughs> he loved his time, but, you know. Brenner um, loved Cincinnati, but Chris Albright called him up and, you know, insulted his mother and told him that, that, you know, if you told him, if you, if you score against us, you better not celebrate or else, um, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to come after your family or something. <laughs> just right something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough oh, Philly man. bastards. That's what they do. But, you know, it could have been much worse, Kevin. I don't know if you saw this headline. This is from not. the New York Times. Mile High Club. Sergio Santos breaks his Colorado cherry with skybound follow-up shank shot. So... <laughs> Nice to see that. There's always one, but uh, so that, was, that shot that was bad. So that was the sort of other big story of this game that was otherwise pretty boring. Was that? Yeah, I think by my count, FC Cincinnati had four point blank or what I would consider to be incredibly strong scoring opportunities in this game with Lucho just dead in the middle, like almost at the penalty spot, which is a dangerous place for Lucho to be kicking from as we were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. And couldn't put a decent shot on frame, like just whiffed. Um, you had another opportunity later in the game where Baji drove down. It was right after he scored his goal, I think. He drives down the line on a really, really nice ball from, I think, Barial, and then cuts the ball across the box. And it ends up with Moreno, who can't put good contact on it. And yep. can't score from that position. And then later on in the game, you've got the Santos where he just literally has to tap it into the goal and can't put it in. So, I mean, I guess that goes back to the point we were talking about earlier where they're generating very dangerous moments that they can't finish off. <laughs> yeah. It, I, it's a sign of a good team, though, right? Like, we've, we've always said this. We're a process-oriented podcast. You'd rather have these four, you know, high-profile misses than not having them because the scoreline's still the same, one to nothing, but you'd rather have had a bunch of high-quality chances. Tells you the system's working, right? Am I, I wrong think here? Th I still think there's, like, disconnect in the final third. Um, I, you know, I don't know if if folks have all seen the athletic article last week about FC Cincinnati, but one of the things that was mentioned was how teammates frequently have a hard time, you know, getting on the same page as Lucho or predicting kind of what he's going to, where he's going yeah. to place a pass, like what he sees, you know, they don't necessarily see. And I think the only player we've had who consistently was on the same page with Lucho uh, was was Brenner. Mm -hmm. And I feel like without him in the lineup, we see a lot of Lucho's passes, you know, ending up to space with absolutely nobody or him just having nowhere he wants to he wants to pass when he gets when he gets up there. That that is a great point, and those two work together so well. And Vasquez was the perfect complement to that. Do we just ask Lucho to go through his like, you know, his contacts app on his phone? <laughs> Say you got any, you got any guys down at Boca who uh, who want to come be a be a designated player for a hundred and. 
six or one point six million dollars a year, whatever, whatever that arbitrary threshold we have to be under, or under six hundred thousand dollars a year, <laughs> just just to have the connection, just to have the guy there that that he can play the interchanges with, that that can make those those off the ball movements that is there a Lucho's way for, looking for. <laughs> is there a way for Wayne Rooney to remain the manager of DC United, but also play for us as a DP? <laughs> Because I feel like that's a solution here, potentially. MLS is weird enough that it might actually have a provision for that. Um, yes, Jonah. <laughs> it I just, I, I saw it, it went away, and I was like, the, isn't there a way to be like, pretty clever? See my race. No one knows what we're talking about. Uh, uh, teacher, <laughs> teacher. Um, am I the only one, and I don't know if this is bad about me, um, who saw the possible YDP and saw like this European name. I was like, I don't know if this is like, this feels like a Philly move. And I'm like, I don't want to put thoughts into Lucho's head or the other, um, you know, Latin American players, but like the thought of throwing in this random, like uh Einstein into the lineup got me a little bit feeling <laughs> suspect. Am I crazy? Am I being, um, I don't even know what the word is, but I would just I I feel like we're we're gelled pretty well. Even you know some of the guys get it from Lucho a lot. You know he can be a little not petulant, but he gets a little upset that you're not exactly where you want him. He wants you to be at all times, even if it's not their fault. So I'm a little worried about how this will work. Like a totally different vibe from Europe. Like just sticking him in there. Maybe it'll work fantastically, but I don't know, like New I, England or something. But we'll see. I kind of I kind of picked that guy as probably more like a U twenty two option than a young designated player, but also you know he may mesh better with Lucho than you think, because if you remember there was reporting that uh, Lucho was looking to leave us early <laughs> in the right. season uh, to go play in the Serbian league for right. for, for for Red Star uh, Belgrade so. He did some um, research back when there was a report <laughs> that, that Lucho was like weighing his options. Uh, that was that was the team, I think. Mentioned, I think you're right, Jonah. This team has a sort of a flair to it. It is not a a highly efficient technical machine. It is a very vibes based team. Everybody seems to be gelling well. And I agree. The next player that comes in does need to be able to to kind of go with that flow in particular. Uh but with that said, I'm excited for the possibility of anything like always, like classic yes. SEC off seasons or transfer windows. You give me the name, you say it's Marco Angulo's twin brother. I'll find a way to get a little hyped on it. So <laughs> I, I else saw is, I, I saw a headline ahead. about about the coming, upcoming transfer window Ooh. in a, in Broadway world uh, magazine. Good. It was a think crystal shop for scorers. FC fans hope Albright will lift up his head, keep years in mascara, but also suddenly see more striker options in the summer. Nice. Nice. Go ahead. Crystal, sh crystal shop of, don't worry about it. <laughs> I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to explain one of these again that's my, that's my right new now. rule don't worry there we go <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> so 
before we get into like the second half and how boring that was, do we make yes. anything of the fact that Calvin Harris got subbed off at the half? Like the manager was like, I'm going to give you one shot to hurt your other team and you look like shit. So that's it. <laughs> well, if you know anything about the international transfer window and you, you'll know that it's very common for players to uh, be pulled from a game immediately when there's interest from abroad. So that's probably what happened. <laughs> It feels like something that happened like back in the 70s or 80s in Major League Baseball where a guy might be traded mid-game and just have to walk to the other dugout and trade trade. That's basically Velo. He came back on the plane with us. <laughs> That's true, actually. He just <laughs> traveled back with our team. We'll mail you your things. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess uh my halftime thoughts for this game as I'm uh as I'm looking at the uh the goal cam so like when we were watching on the broadcast cam like the main feed it looked like a beautiful evening in colorado and then we got the one shot from behind the goal it did look like a tornado was forming just outside of the stadium and i thought my god if this team has to go through another weather delay we're absolutely losing this game and that is this team's kryptonite it's just really bad weather we saw it against chicago we saw it against st louis if this happens, the playbook is out, and I don't know how other teams will work this to their advantage, but it'll now be known how to beat us. <laughs> Life finds a way. My only, just in terms of um, stadium observations of this game, was I did notice that there was this headline in the, the Denver Post. Designated mm -hmm. singer. Rapid supporters <laughs> debut new system where only one man with a megaphone sings on behalf of the entire crowd. And he was loving it. Oh, and then he, he was gone for like 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, we're, we're gone. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're trying it. I don't even know which side their supporters are on. That's how uh, ineffectual things were in the game. It, it was weird. Behind their goal in the first half, where I thought there would be a standing section for supporters, they just hung a bunch of banners over seats. So I wasn't sure if that was like a protest or if that's how they normally do things or maybe that was under construction. I don't know what was going on there, but that was a bizarre setup in terms of is fan support. Is Colorado, do we consider them MLS 2.0? Is that MLS 1.5 or I, specifically the stadium, I should say, because there's all those stadiums that were built with like parking in mind so let's yes. build it 25 minutes away from the city uh nothing around it at all let's not put a roof over it let's have one of the ends be empty so we can also use it for uh tractor pool no i don't know some other yeah. event yeah. like they have the, Rock em on they the have range the or something yeah they have the empty <laughs> end no roof and for some reason even more than like gillette those stadiums like bum me out because it's like they're they're no one yeah. I like. Well, why are we building a new one? They're just kind of in like purgatory of like an okay stadium in a weird location, and that was the energy. Like the energy of the stadium definitely matched what you saw on the field. So the combination of one megaphone guy, a boring game. It was like really I just kept like throwing my phone away because I kept. I just was staring at it constantly. And then like, I'm watching the end of the NBA, not NBA finals, yeah. Eastern conference finals. I'm like, Oh, this is exciting. And I'm like, no, no, I'm watching <laughs> FCC, the team I love. I'm like, but I've drifted out and like, you snap back. Like it's been like 10 minutes since I've really focused on a single thing that's happened. But, uh, but at the end of the day, we won. The yeah. Game, so it, it is funny. I was, um, I was talking with a big friend of the pod, uh, big Randy who went out to this game, uh, since it's out in Colorado where he's at, and 
he was saying it's just kind of a bummer out there that the Rapids aren't a bigger part of the conversation because the stadium is so far out of downtown that mm. like their football stadium, the Mile High Stadium is right downtown. Uh, the Rocky Stadium is right downtown, but you got to drive a solid 20, 25 minutes to get to what is it, Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Denver's like an all, a great day drunk city. Like if you've ever been to Denver, it's a great city to walk around just with a beer, like and go place to place. Like the Lodo area is really, really cool. And yeah, I, I there is that rash of stadiums where it's like we thought we were, the whole plan was we're going to attract families and soccer moms and everyone's going to drive yeah. out here and you need plenty of free parking. And it just sort of robs the city of having a team because getting to and from a game is an all day production versus it's not part of your day. It's your whole day versus like here in Cincinnati where you can have an entire day downtown of which the soccer is one part of. It's not a final destination for what you're doing. So it sucks. Yeah. All of those teams that, yeah, Jonah, to your point, I do believe they are considered MLS 2.0 stadiums. They all suffer from that. Uh, Dallas is the same way. In a lot mm-hmm. of ways, Map Frey was that because 1.0 was, you know, terrible brands in NFL stadiums. Like even Columbus Crew's first season, at least first game, first couple of seasons, I think they were in Ohio Stadium. Um, Kansas City's an arrowhead. Tampa <laughs> Bay was still a, hasn't left theirs. Tampa Bay was down at. Um... Raymond James, I think. Miami played at Joe Robbie Stadium as well as original MLS teams. So then when they started building their own facilities, that's exactly right. They went way out in the burbs. They were like, oh, soccer moms and and suburban families are our demo. And I think that's what damn near killed the league is it was just uninteresting. And 3.0 is finally like these revitalized brands that came back with being closer to the downtown stadiums and stuff. And I, I don't know if 4.0 is is defined or not. Maybe we are a part of that. But 3.0 to me was always like the return back to, to cities and, and going back to downtown. And instead of going for the, the suburban market, going for the young urban professional dual income, no kids market. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's it just also, sad to see oh, that. It was also probably a product. You have to think it was also a product of the... Um, the fact that it was probably a lot cheaper to build these stadiums. Yeah. And the, if the idea oh, was, yeah. oh, we need soccer-specific stadiums, um, not everyone had $300 million <laughs> to build a TQL stadium in the middle <laughs> right. of downtown on prime real estate. You had $50 million to build on a fairgrounds 20 miles outside of where you were supposed to be or whatever. I think the Dick Sporting Good thing was, I think their place was one of those ones where we're going to build a soccer stadium and then we're going to have like 20 other pitches around it and make it into like a recreation complex in the middle of right. like suburbia. It's this is all, this is all talking about all this, be- talking about all this because the second half of this game was brutally boring. Like nothing <laughs> it happened. Was it, was, it was just, it was awful. <laughs> I, Joda, I completely agree with you. I was, I was tweeting way more this game than any other game just because I could not focus on the game. It was so rough um yeah hopefully grayson your uh your internet cut out enough on you out in the wilderness there you, you were spared some of this game i don't i don't know how that went for you no i had, I had good connection i was in a hilton in milwaukee so 
Oh, okay. <laughs> the, okay. the boonies, yeah. So. Way out there, huh? <laughs> I was watching the second half of this game at the uh, Racino next to Riverbend because I went to go see uh, Dave Matthews last night instead of sitting at home and watching this. And shocked to report that even at the Racino Sportsbook, they don't have an Apple TV account. So I was watching <laughs> this game at a table on my phone. It was not the... And I was still like, Every five seconds, looking up at the NBA game instead because it seemed like it was way more exciting than this. Did you ask them if they had T-Mobile? <laughs> they get it for free if they have T-Mobile. You guys, you guys got T-Mobile? You can get this for free. Um, more bars Nash, need to embrace the ahead. idea of if I have an account for this thing, just give me the Wi-Fi password and I'm going to cast it to one of your TVs. Like, just let me do that. I, the future should be now. That's interesting. I wonder if that somehow violates like the distribution rules for bars or something like that. But if a patron takes something over, that's not you putting on that's, that's them putting it on. Right. Um, that (laughs) That is disappointing to hear. I don't know. Like Apple really needed one other thing. And then that would force bars to figure it out. Like if Apple had gotten the big 10 TV deal, Every bar in the Midwest would have figured out how to get how to get on uh, Apple TV, or if they get the Premier League, or if they get whatever else they've been into, the NFL Sunday Ticket, they'd be in every single bar in the country, and they're not there, are they? It no. sucks. It looks no, like it's annoying. Forty eighth minute. So this is right in the start of the second half. Forty eighth minute is when they hit the inside of the post and it ah. went across, and that's when I tweeted out uh, a quote tweeted. We just can't fucking lose. <laughs> like everything's coming up FCC. And that was definitely their best chance of the game. And then Roman had some good saves. Yes. Um, that probably is the story. Them, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's probably the story of the second half is Roman uh, making a number of saves. Keep, keep this clean sheet intact. Uh, Fought mob has him as the man of the match. I don't know who else I would have given it to. That seems fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and yeah, FCC wins one to nothing. Vasquez still doesn't score. That's just who Vasquez is, right? Until he gets a different spark. <laughs> him and, him and Bocci flipped. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he, it's everything <laughs> he, doesn't he does score. except for the goals. You know? <laughs> I thought just on the whole, I, just watching Bocci, I thought he, I mean, Vasquez, I thought he played well Yeah. last night other than the fact that he, I know that that's his one job is to, as a striker is to score, but otherwise I thought he he tracked back and played well defending, which I thought was an interesting thing. He had like three stuffs, like yeah. one-on-one. He, mm-hmm. um, he passed well, I thought, like in terms of hold up, move the ball around. It just, the, the finish, the final product isn't there in terms of goals, but otherwise he did just about everything you want a striker to do. He was everywhere. He wasn't exactly just, you know, walking up and down the field pouting that he wasn't getting good service so i you know you like to see that that he's still mentally engaged with the game and still playing well even if the goals aren't coming yeah uh Uh, a headline i saw in a penthouse forum after the game power crankings local podcaster has only one way to fall asleep after big wins uses novelty size towel jersey to clean up mess power (laughs) Crankings, thank you. <laughs> Talking about jerking off, Grayson. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, I will say. So I, I will say, oh. people do oh. talk a lot about. Uh, Surprised that wasn't in the Cincy Jerks newsletter. 
<laughs> oh boy. Or since he jacks. Substack. I don't wanna I don't wanna alienate any of our, our listeners who might who might be a member of that group. We're starting since he jerks. It's the OP to since he jacks Gary. <laughs> the rival group. We got whalers to rules. <laughs> um I do think at this point the power rankings thing is funny. Oh yeah. And I think as a bit, they should drop. Sh- they should never make us first in yes. the power rankings. Like if we win the supporter shield, release the official power rankings and have us number two. <laughs> I, I I like that it's a bit in that I feel like now it's shifted that the majority of the discourse online about power rankings is people being funny about it. And yes. if that's the case, they definitely they need to play along. But when I do yes. see people that I think there's every so often I do see someone where I'm like. Oh, you might really care about this. And <laughs> that's sad. I guess people use the power rankings to trash talk is kind of what I'm picking up on, which is really sad because you just use the table to do that. Like there is an actual mm-hmm. standings that you can use. But it doesn't seem impossible to me that a team could be at any given moment, not the hottest team in the league but just like consistently super above average. And that team is in first place. But at any given moment, like if Montreal wins four games in a row by five goals, they should be the hottest team and they should be number one in the power rankings. Like that to me is what power rankings are. And if we grind out a bunch of one nothing victories, we're probably still top of the table or at least ahead of them. But power rankings wise, that team that is dominating for a brief moment should you rocket it up. I don't understand what the point of the power rankings are if they're not more reflective of the now. So I, I don't know. The whole exercise seems very stupid to me. So I applaud anybody doing it. Maybe the post should get into this game because it's clearly the, getting clicks. We should do uh, that. clearly the yeah. best power yeah, rankings. We, we absolutely should do power rankings this week. <laughs> the, be- the best power rankings are the uh, 538 SPI. Yes, which yes. are god awful. They try to rank <laughs> the teams across different leagues. Yes, and it's terrible. So you ended up you end up with outcomes that I've seen like our 2018 USL team was ranked higher than all but five MLS teams, <laughs> and also um, facts. At the same time, uh, Rail Monarchs were ranked above Rail Salt Lake. That's my favorite one to happen. <laughs> Real Monarchs made the USL Cup, one USL Cup, I want to say. Uh, or at least, oh man, I don't remember. I went to the game and I don't remember. They played Louisville in the final one year. And yeah, they, they were ranked above them. That's just so good. Um, so yeah, we got we to gotta release our own power <clears throat> rankings. Maybe I'll chat GPT, make it, and I'll just try to make justifications for all the positions. Tucker Carlson can read it too on the podcast. Uh, now there's I've, a recurring bit. I've, I've done uh, some numbers crunching. Uh, I Google this. Apparently, we are forty-one percent of the way through the season. So, I mean, folks, that's a per- that's creeping on half the season. I don't want to get too crazy, but uh, at some point, the numbers might mean something. I don't. You want to get you want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. let's get crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, Every team that has been on 33 points or more after 14 games has won the Supporter Shield. That that blew me away. I don't know if you saw Opta's follow-up tweet about that point, which is we are the second fastest team to 33 points. We're the only team 
in that in that sort of the grouping of five teams that didn't have at least a plus 18 goal differential, which That's might right, be the differentiator here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything else to talk about this game before we go even even bigger picture? I, I do want to give this game its its due, and by that I mean I want to officially stop talking about okay, it. I was like, what? <laughs> if, like, I, was like, <laughs> I just want to let you guys know I have asked ChatGPT to do a MLS power rankings, and let me tell you, it's gotten down to number ten now. And we still haven't seen FC Cincinnati. <laughs> um, Ian Ian Murphy continues to be. Continues to be good. That needs um, to be pointed out. Yes. Yeah. He's and very we good. He pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like we missed a step. Also, Grayson, this is your uh, this is your favorite stat that we were. I apologize. Oh, we, is it that we won without Nick Haglin? We won without yeah. Nick Haglin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In one, Major one League without, Soccer, one yes, without yeah. Nick Haglin starting. Starting. It was Pat, yes. Pat Noonan's first victory. In Major League Soccer, as a head coach, we took the blankie away without Nick Haglin <laughs> in the starting lineup. Yeah, the, the training wheels are off. We can finally ride the bike like a big boy now. <laughs> I got one more. Um, this has nowhere oh, to go. Doesn't deserve to be said. This is from uh, since I inquire. He finally kissed the crest. Beleaguer DP Brenner caught using new brand of toothpaste. Leaving Colgate behind. I'm sorry. I apologize. Grayson wrote that and sent it to me. Sorry. It wasn't my guess. I, uh, I really appreciated Grayson. Uh, I, I don't remember which, which week it was. Maybe it was this week. The Brenner ankle comma quit on the, uh, the unavailable report. Oh, that was, really that was this me. week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when the Spurs would put like old for like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili. That's yeah. just what's like quit on team. <laughs> um, if, we're, if we're tracking uh, announced incompleted deals that can't be done yet, um, Luisa Rosh, Luisa Arajo, Arajo, Arujo, Arajo, Arajo, Arajo. So it, the pronunciation is different depending on like what country you're from. There's like four guys in MLS with this last name, and it's all pronounced differently. Well, I'm American, goddammit. Um, so that's how it he's he's uh, an eight figure deal has been announced for him to go to Flamengo in Brazil, and um, he started the. Next game after that transfer was announced and got a red card. So he didn't play, <laughs> didn't play this weekend, but, but, Big brain. All indi- but all indications are that he's going to keep, he's going to stay with the team until, until the transfer goes through. So um, it is possible even within MLS to be rumored, nay, even a gentleman's agreement, handshake deal to be in place for you. And you, you could still play for your current team. That's wild. And there's always Mihailovic. You know, Mihailovic missed one game, went to Europe, got his physical, came back, yeah. finished the season with with Montreal. But, you know, no need to no need to belabor these points. No, there was gone. A, we'll, we'll miss him. But is he? He is. But didn't the article say like, <laughs> like we were going to give him a big send, like he wanted a big send off or we were going to give him a send off. And then like they were like bickering about the terms to it. And then it was just going to be like him waving and now we're down to nothing, right? We're, yeah. we're going to play a video. Was that the last heard? We're, we're going to play something in the stadium when he's not going to be there? I'm 
betting we don't even get a video. I would. Yeah, why? Do a video. What's the point? Like, <laughs> right. if he's not if he's there, not no there, video. Yeah, I, I, I would have stood fine. up. Yeah. I would have stood up and clapped for a send off. Absolutely. At hell is real would have been nice at halftime or something. Yeah. But I really, I really yeah. hope they do. They do make a video, and it's like the hastily made Cleveland tourism video style. <laughs> <laughs> It's just but very homemade, I, very thrown together. So, but people are like, you know, he was an important contributor to the the playoff run last year, and that's true. Yep, he did the eighteen goals in twenty games. That but was great. I can't. But like, he's a DP. You do. You do. It's not just like a bonus. <laughs> that he plays for you and scores for you when he signs well, a DP contract. The expectation like, is he plays. You're welcome, guys. I and is a, big, and is a big contributor. <laughs> and he would have played a lot more games and probably scored him a lot more goals if he wasn't always flying flying back to Brazil and missing preseason, <laughs> trying to trying to force a move. So like I'm not I'm not torn up that we don't get our Harris Madunian in you're right. Goodbye. But Frank I would have Jersey. stood up and clapped for him if 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 they I'm did sure, one. Yeah, I'm sure 99% of the people would too. So yeah. And I I I'm on record not yet until I say this right now. The Madunian thing was a little weird. Like it really felt like a Philly send off and we just happened to yes. be there sort of thing. Yes. Um but <laughs> so in many memories. to Brenner, right, right. <laughs> great, great like, memories. Really? <laughs> he had like two good goals. Um never underestimated Harris Medunian. And... <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, but in fairness to Brenner, we uh had not yet had a DP uh striker who scored a lot of goals. So it was sort of a new thing for us there for a moment. <laughs> and still kind I, of still is. So I would cheer harder for Loco though. There's something I don't know why. <laughs> he's like he still means more to me. The fact he didn't score almost makes him more of like my I little mean, angel. Loco Loco showed up. He didn't do well. But he was here. But he was here. Yeah. <laughs> He came Indies. to the airport when there wasn't a pandemic, so <laughs> yep. there's lots more people there. His timing was much better. We, Not on uh, the field, though. I mean, he's still available, yes. <laughs> no, he's playing, in, he's playing in China. Oh, is, is he really? <laughs> yeah. This guy just wants to go places where he cannot speak out freely. <laughs> he's like, I need, I need to censor myself. I'm going to go well, to then, Iran. Then he I'm should gonna... play in Florida. There you go. Um, he's, he's got three goals and two assists and nine Super League experience, uh, appearances for CZ Mighty Lions. That's Shangzhou Mighty Lions. There you go. Look at him go. Look good for him. Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him go. Tell, <laughs> tell me it's in the that? top. Tell me it's in the main league, right? It is. It's in the main okay. league. <laughs> okay. Uh, he joined. A he joined April seventh. April. Right. That's, hey, you know what? <laughs> he scored a few for uh, his fucking Iranian. He scored team, in his first game. Nine. He kept it up. <laughs> oh, that's guy. right. He scored in the debut of every team he played for. Right, like that was his thing. Uh, that that was like that was his thing. I don't know if he <laughs> kept it up after us, but he did score. I think, I think he, he scored in, in his debut in Germany. Yeah. But he did score in his debut in China here. So he gets you fucking hyped. Dang. Never, never lets you down. Hey, it's like when you start a new job. You know, that first like couple of weeks, you just got to be an A plus employee. You're doing everything, and after that, just ride on that first impression for a good long while. You'll be all right. It's like me with 
the children. Yeah. <laughs> They're 11th. They're not currently in the relegation zone. Well, that's, but not that's, a, that's, a pos- that's a positive thing, then. So currently, Columbus beating Nashville one nothing. Who who are you rooting for in this one? You know, are you are you table watching, or are you like you like seeing Columbus lose? Nashville's right below us. <laughs> I should say right below us. I mean, <laughs> eight points below us, <laughs> but they are below us. I think there's no outcome that isn't good for us. And I think Zach Blanford had this take in the uh, the Discord server that like Nashville losing at home is funny and that helps us in the table. Columbus losing is obviously good. But overall, the optimal outcome is a draw, just fewer points in the East. So anything works in this case. That's that's good. <laughs> okay, just that happy mind. that I don't have to care. It, <laughs> it's like it's liberating. <laughs> yeah, Nashville well, we, win brings in within five of us, but they oof. we do have a game in hand on them. Which is bizarre. Let's talk about this in part two. We, we've gone we've gone too far away from this game. Let's let's officially move to a part two here. We'll talk a little big picture. Jonah, will we keep you for part two, or is this where we'll leave you? I'm gonna leave right in the middle of part two. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. way better. <laughs> also, I can't do anything until Succession is on Plex. So I mean, I got oh. nothing else going on. Keep coming on. <laughs> and, yeah, we gotta fin- we gotta finish this soon because I gotta. I gotta well, catch that succession finale right. and the Barry let's, finale. Let's move on to part two and oh, it'll work hear tomorrow. Here our brand new sponsor. All right, we're back and we are fans of a team very comfortably ahead of the rest of the league and, uh, and, and it feels on, on the points good. table. It feels it's, good. It's real nice, isn't it? I. MLS is so weird this year. We're like, we have a game in hand on like Seattle and I think Nashville, or maybe that's going to go away after this, no, this crew game. Nashville is currently playing a game that okay. gives us a game in hand over them. Okay. <laughs> but LAFC won't play another league game until June 7th. I have no idea how to actually look at this table, but at first glance, we're leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the league. Grayson, I feel like you have this math more available to you. Can we lose the rest of our games and still make the playoffs? I'm wondering when that, when we've clinched playoffs at this point, it's gotta be close, right? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, part of the I reason mean, why- obviously maybe you I- can, but I doubt it. Uh, last sure. year, 48 points last year yeah and then the year before it was also 48 okay i feel like it's been as low as like low 40s before the reason why the things are all fucked up with the schedule is because they have an odd number of teams in the league this year right so at any given time somebody is always off because you can't have everyone playing on a saturday night could you yeah no there's no good way to do that um so yeah i don't know it's a weird, it's a weird setup, but I, I don't know. Have you guys come to terms with or come to grips with this newfound, like, I don't know. When, when can we start to like fully accept that this is a, a really good team and wins are the expectation and it's, we're 41% of the way through the season, as Jonah pointed out to us. 
Thank you. I don't, when when do is we get to be comfortable? Large road trip is that after that? Then there can be no. I feel like got to eliminate any doubts because we've been so home heavy. Is it winning? Yeah. Against, is it winning against NYCFC on the baseball field? Is that when like it becomes real when you can do things that this team has never done before ever? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, I do. I do have a number to look out for. Ooh. Okay. That, so the number is sixty. Okay. Um, for two reasons. One is uh, it was the amount of points that Red Bulls had when when they had Miazga and won the Supporter Shield, okay. but um, it's also the combined point total of our first three seasons in MLS. Wow! So uh, I would like to see us. I would like to see us <laughs> eclipse sixty points this year. That that would feel really good, uh, Chief. I just looked it up while. I think, you know, in the abstract, beating New York on the baseball field would feel really good in terms of, like, vanquishing demons. We had also never beaten Colorado before, so another right. feather in the cap on that one. The The baseball field thing feels different, though, where it's like that's yeah. been a house of horrors, and winning a game there would definitely be another one of those things are different this year. Like, beating Columbus, things are different. Winning on a baseball field, things are different. But to answer your question, I think that I don't think I am going to reach a point where I think this team is good, like good, maybe like or great. I don't think I'm ever going to get there. I think I am just going to be in perpetual fear that the wheels are going to fall off at any given moment. And I've been hurt like I've been hurt too often. And I'm still like, kind of like a hand shy dog at this point still where. I still like if this team were to go down by goals, I would still be like, oh, we're never coming back from this. We can't score enough. Like I'm still <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get over that. I just don't know how you do that. Like the, did the people that were like New England Patriots fans, did they ever reach a cocky point where they were just like, we got this? They I mean, did somewhere between your seventh and eighth Super Bowl or whatever. You probably you probably start feeling a little a little sure of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, be good I don't enough. know what to do with my hands. That's what <laughs> it'll be good enough where you think. Well, this is funny though because that happened. The St. Louis game was kind of like the one that made you think, "Oh, this is still in us." Because you don't expect, even though good teams in MLS will lose games like that. Like you can't imagine LAFC losing six to one or something, five to one or something. So there's still that still happened this year. I know they're extenuating, extenuating, sure circumstances, but I think we need yeah. a full season of this before you know we have the full confidence that nothing bad will happen. And I think it's fine if we're you know filled with anxiety for all of these games for the entire time, as long as afterwards it worked out you know we're just gonna be anxious like watching the bangles they're like people were still saying like bad things are happening like bangles are gonna bangles like no this is just teams lose games and teams like watch whatever team you're a fan of does what happens only one team wins the super bowl it's like we were in the we lost the afc championship like bangles gonna bangles like there's only four teams in the conference finals so people are always we're always gonna say that if we lose mls cup like if we lose it to LAFC and it, like against Philly, let's say they score a header in like stoppage time, like, oh, this is so FCC. No, 
No. That's just a thing that still happens, but like we'll still be thinking that, even though like, hey, we're in MLS Cup, but like <laughs> if a bad thing happens, we're still going to hold on to that, and that'll never go away. I think maybe you win MLS Cup, that kind of vanquishes everything, but that's okay because most of the time, at least this year, it's turning out on our side anyway. So I can live with the anxiety. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Yeah, Jordan, that, that's such a good point and it's one of my biggest sports pet peeves is watching literally every fan base after a loss or a bad season or a stretch of bad luck go god just this is classic padres we we would blow this game like what the fuck Every, every team loses you know like you don't have a monopoly on losing or having an injured player like I, I if you're the buffalo bills and you lose a super bowl i'll let you say this is classic buffalo bills like you have to have a solid reputation before you start get to saying things like that but the, what's funny though is that like as this season goes along and now there are 10 wins and they're the first team to reach 10 wins i think we said it uh earlier that they are on a pace that is only matched by what four other teams maybe one of them yeah. is the miami fusion which tells you how long ago <laughs> that fucking was yes. um, and i think they said that the other two of the other teams that have been on this pace were also doing it when the league was only like 16 teams big or something like that yeah the um, only recent team was a 2010 or 2008 la galaxy team that's the closest anybody recently the problem is, is as you keep winning games and keep on this pace, then the existential dread of not winning Supporters Shield or winning MLS <laughs> Cup also ratchets up, where it's like the only thing worse than losing and not winning a title is not winning a title when it's your year. Like you look around, right. and it's like, fuck, everything is going our way. We're winning these games. We have a really good team. Now, if you don't win the title, it's an active disappointment, not just a Oh, well, that sucks. We'll get him again next year. <laughs> I mean, the treble is like on the table. And like, you got to think we're we're absolutely the on-paper favorites to win the Open Cup. There's no reason to think that they would drop from the shield race unless, you know, outside of something horrific happening. But like they have open roster spots and lots of cash available to fill those roster spots. And MLS Cup, I mean, you'd rather be the the one seed than any other seed going into that. I mean, right now, where we where we sit as of recording night, like it's a reasonable expectation to say treble. And that's insane. (laughs) So there's there's what five trophies you can win in an MLS season. There's well this year there's the League's Cup, MLS Mm. Cup. Open Cup, Supporter Shield, CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. So five. So Maybe if we a win, conference title, if you don't want to count that. Uh, I, don't I, like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count that. I think the I shield like the shield takes that. So what's the treble? What's like the treble? Or is it just like a treble? Because theoretically, like LAFC could win. The Quint. LAFC could win like MLS Cup and CCL. We could win yeah. Open Cup. And supporters shield. Who won the double? Right. And throw a league's cup in there, right? And or how about this? How about this? You could win the treble, and the treble would be League's Cup, CONCACAF Champions League, and Open Cup. 
and like not even make the MLS playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> you could win the treble with like a last place team. <laughs> I mean, they have to have, there's got to be like one more trophy in there. Like you can't count Club World Cup. Right. Yeah. No, not really. You can't. Is there, is there a, is there a community shield type game where like the supporter shield and there isn't MLS Cup play each other? It's a missing other? trophy in this. Maybe what you about, can make. Did they yeah. make up a Liga MX champion versus MLS champion game like oh, other year? The Campiones Cup. I think that is dead with the League's Cup now. Oh. But maybe not. I don't know that for sure. Well, yeah, New York City well, won that fun. last year. It looks like the le- I'm gonna, no, Atlas I'm gonna celebrate won. No, whatever oh, it is. That's right. Atlas beat the New, New York City? City won 2022. Okay, okay. So they had it. I guess. It's still happening. Look, if this team wins the Uno this year, I'm going to get heinously drunk. Just like, like, compared to where we've been, I don't give a fuck at all. That is fair. Yeah. I uh, no, the, the men in Blazers used to joke that it was, I think it was Manchester United won the, the crap treble. It was like the... The league, uh, like the the Carabao Cup, the Community Shield, and the Europa League. It's like <laughs> they won all of those one year. It's like, ah. <laughs> we can be that team. <laughs> and I, I mean, will, I, I wouldn't will complain. Celebrate my my balls yes. off. If, <laughs> I don't care. I want to win something so badly. Yeah, it says NYCF or LAFC versus TB- TBD. So, I believe wow. that final is tonight. It might be going on right now. So you could have two. You could have LAFC win a treble and us win a treble. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) I'm so glad we found another trophy. (laughs) Campionas Cup was in September of last year. So I don't know if that'll be the same this year. Then Columbus the year before. And that was in September as well. So there you go. And Columbus won that. And, you know, they haven't stopped crowing about it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) You always hear about that Campionas Cup from 2021. And I'm I'm firmly of a position, too. If we win, like, the U.S. Open Cup and we win the Supporters' Shield, like, take the money in the bank and go cash it in the USL Championship and win a trophy down there, too. Like, go. (laughs) (laughs) What's your ranking of the three? Because I would say MLS Cup, U.S. Open Cup. And supporter then shield. supporters shield. Just I find because support, I find supporters shield to be a bullshit trophy. I'm gonna go on record and say that right now. Especially when there isn't even the pretense of a balanced schedule. Like in the years past, it was you played your conference opponents home and away, and you played everyone in the other conference, and you traded home and away every other year. Yeah. So not a balanced schedule, but you could say you played everybody. You can't even begin to. We won't play LAFC in the regular season. It's silly that one of us will claim to have the better regular season over the other. So, the thing I like about, I think I generally agree with Jonah's ranking there. The yeah. thing I, and I, but I would, I would take League's Cup. Like, if we get League's Cup, like, I'm, I'm happy would you with, put the, that... with the season. But I put that below. Okay. I put that below. Uh, that's probably the, the least three. important, other than Campione's Cup. <laughs> obviously the most important <laughs> um, but but what i would say is it would be a really nice feather in their cap to win supporter shield this year because it's like a it's like the you know i don't know what you, what you want to say like yin and yang to the spoons 
Yeah. You know? That's a good point. It is the opposite. It's also... It's, it's, probably, hard, it's probably the hardest to right. win. Right. Even though it's it's not apples to apples with the other teams that you're competing against for the title. It is certainly harder, I would say. But, yeah, Jonah, I would agree. I... I, I'm tempted to put Open Cup first just because of how much it means to this club. And like that history goes back longer. But I don't know if the Open Cup has that much of a future. Like that's the most likely tournament to not keep going. <laughs> that's even better then. You have one of only a few trophies in existence for it. You can only appreciate and value when they stop making more of it. They stop minting open cup coins and we'll we'll go to the moon with the it. The moon. We're gonna so move. every in the League's Cup, is every Liga MX team in it? And is every MLS team in it? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Everyone's so, in I mean, it. Yeah. Well, that makes that better. I didn't know if it was one of these weird, quirky, like we invited mm. 13 no. random teams or something, you know. So I will say the League's Cup is what both Liga MX and MLS want to be super important. They want it to be very valuable. They would like it. I think if you were to ask them, how they might have even said this publicly, they want this to replace the Champions League. Like they want this to be the more important tournament. When, when was the last time CONCACAF Champions League got won by some a team other than MLS or Liga MX? It was a Costa Rican team. I'd guess Saprisa in like 2006. Yeah, so it's, it's like, been a long so time. So it's like, yeah, like if they, both leagues can pull out of CONCACAF Champions League and just make this their focus and no one would notice. Well, they're also expanding CCL, though. Yeah. But Why? the other thing, I don't know. The other, <laughs> the other thing with the with the League's Cup is. Um, uh Fuck, I lost it. <laughs> I fucking lost it. No, um, the 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 MLS executives like it. Like the MLS sporting directors like it because it's MLS teams presumably in midseason form for this yes. competition. Unlike CCL, which the usually the the first time they start playing against MLS teams and Mexican teams start squaring off, MLS is still you know in preseason. And like a month or two away from regular season, like we're yeah. deep off season stuff. Um, yeah, and it's it's the the holy grail of of mergers in that MLS teams have the money. They're backed by you know tons and tons of billionaires. They have the infrastructure. They've got the markets. Um, they've got everything in place ready to go. They got a sweet media rights deal these days. Whereas Liga MX has arguably a much more talented league or at least a, a top to bottom more talented league and way more fans <laughs> like by far you can add up the viewership of every European team on a given Saturday and every MLS team and it will be dwarfed by the American viewing audience of Liga MX that evening like it just blows them away in terms of numbers and MLS and Liga MX have an absolute like <laughs> vested interest in merging these two things Maybe not fully and completely into one single league, but they need these two to, to intermingle more. And so MLS has always had this bargaining chip with Liga MX where if you want to play games in the US, you have to you have to go through yeah. us basically. You have to go through US soccer. Yeah. There's there's a lawsuit 
that's that's saying that, that that's potentially going to open up to leagues being able to play competitive games in other countries without and actually i believe the the last order in that case said that you can't restrict um other leagues from playing competitive games in your country so or at least in the united states yeah that's the thing at so, least in the u.s so if if Liga MX is able to hold, host its own league games in the U.S. without U.S. soccer's permission, I wonder how that changes the balance there. That's a great point. If Liga MX is able to put one game, two games every every week of the season in, or if they want the to put US, a team in like San Antonio. Man, this is taking me back to the uh, when the NASL collapsed. There was a a contingent of Cosmos fans who were convinced the New York Cosmos were going to join Liga MX. <laughs> Stay delusional, it was, baby. It was desperate times. <laughs> anyway, should we talk about this NYCFC game? No, we should. No, no. let's <laughs> let's do, let's do to, one really? of our patented previews uh, in part three, and then let's get out of Whoa. here. Part three is a bridge too far. Get out of here, Jonah. <laughs> it's like, I might as well see it through, but I got to keep, uh, what's the word? Kayfabe? Yeah, I'm yes. never here for a whole episode, okay? And I never will be. So I, I can't wait to listen and hear your predictions. 2-2. Uh, uh, That's mine, all right? You heard it here okay, first. Okay, perfect. God bless you guys. See ya. All right. We've got New York City FC coming up. We're playing on the baseball field, the baseball field of horrors, Chief. I think it's fair to right. say it's not been it's not been smooth going out there. I'm looking at their team form. They haven't won a game in five games. They're in rough shape. They look good against Philly right up until they didn't look good against Philly. I this we're not rotating, right? Like, are we? Is this the game we accept? We're not rotating anymore. At some point, they're going to have to. I mean, just just <laughs> pragmatically, and I hope it is this game because they play on Wednesday and they play on Saturday again, and then the, we have an open cup game that I desperately want them to commit a full strength lineup to. So yes. one of these next two games, I want this team to rotate because the more the longer they go not rotating, the more I become afraid that they are going to rotate in that Pittsburgh game. <sighs> yeah. Um. But maybe not. I don't know. All the commentary, like uh, there was, I think who was, was it Miazga after this game has this, you know, quote, like, we're here to win everything. We all want to win everything. Miazga might have had that. It was Baji was the main Baji. one. Okay, say. so it was Baji. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew somebody had said that. So like Baji says, we want to win everything. We're here to win every game. We're here to win every trophy. And I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> run through a brick wall on this. Um, so I, I hope we do, but maybe legitimately they, they play this game. And I think once they hit June 10th, they get, I think, two weeks off or like at mm -hmm. least, you know, 14 days, 10 days, somewhere off. So maybe just the Noonan has talked to the training staff. He's talked to the players and they've just made the call that we're in a dead sprint until then. And then everybody can have a week off to get fresh for that. I don't know. Maybe. 
Well, we because should note that um, one person will be getting an involuntary night off, and that's Wobodo for picking up the yellow card in this past <laughs> yep. match. So yes. there will be some rotation by necessity. <laughs> and then Santos still might. I think yeah. we'll see if we'll see if Santos is available. Um, we'll see if Hagland True. is available. Was um, Kubo also dealing with something? Yeah, Kubo. I thought they said was was probably not serious. Okay, but yeah, I mean that's that, those are all those all limit our ability to rotate. Right, right. Um, I wouldn't. I would like to see uh some rotation. Like maybe maybe don't start. So the problem the problem is you can't rotate the back line. You don't have the yeah. bodies unless you because especially if you're already starting Ian Murphy in place of Hagland, what do you do? You you can't start Apononu instead of Miazga or Mascara, can you? You can. Just the, you might can't. Not, yeah. It might not look great. I think um, you would see a move to a back four before you do that. They just drop yeah. one of the center backs. Yeah, potentially. Um, I I mean, Lucho always wants to play. <laughs> he clearly yeah. is calling his own number on these. Like, I feel like so, they would let him rotate if he wanted to. Uh, Vasquez <laughs> Vasquez got a game off. Yeah, Murphy doesn't like need to be rotated really. Neither does Mascara. They're both young as hell. Like they they should be at a point in their careers oh. where they can just run forever. Mascara also got rotated against Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. So did did is there a game Miazga didn't start? He didn't start the open get, cup. He didn't start the, start open, the cup. open cup game or play at all. So he got all 120 that's minutes right. of that game off. Yeah. That's right. Um and so he may not play again. I mean, it's possible he doesn't play against Pittsburgh either. Yeah. Um Bar- Barial is a big question mark for me. Or do you just think Barrio is going to get an involuntary day off any day too? <laughs> right. So he didn't play start against Red Bulls, but he did sub in later. Uh, so you play him until he gets his yellow card suspension, and that's his. That's his <laughs> if rotation. You want a day off? If you want a day off, start being a little later on those right. tackles. Just like a horror <laughs> tackle in like the seventieth minute. It's like, all right, well, he gets his day off. Perfect. <laughs> um. I, that I mean, legit may be the plan. Like with him being so close to a yellow card suspension, it may just be, well, he's going to get a game off anyway, so he's just going to keep playing until he gets that card. <laughs> I mean, that that is that is the question mark, right? Because if you if you rotate Barrial, and then he gets his yellow card either as a sub or in the next game, because the game he misses doesn't count for for uh, good behavior. Right. Right. So play in it. Yeah. So you should be able to do that. There should be a rule where if you are at that threshold limit of <laughs> yellow cards, you should just be able to take the yellow card suspension and be like, you know what? I'm I'm going to serve it now. <laughs> you should you should do you should be able to do like a self-imposed, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, anticipatory suspension. But if, you, if, the, if the team has a plan that. You know, Barrial's going to rotate for the NYCFC game. Does Noonan go down to him and say, hey, go call the ref, you know, like a motherfucker, like directly to his face? 
and get the yellow card in stoppage not, time. Not, not too hard. <laughs> don't, don't say it too hard. Right, right. Just enough. Right. Kick the ball away, right? That's like that's usually an instant yellow and nothing kick, else. Kick the ball kick the ball away, and if he doesn't give you the card, then maybe insult his mother or something like that. And just like, just you got to like get him to pull it out of the pocket. And then it's like, okay, I can have my week off. I can rotate, and I can clear this card accumulation issue. <laughs> I guess... I guess I guess my ultimate point is, I don't I don't see room rotate. I don't yeah. see room for rotation other than somebody in for Wobodo, maybe somebody in for Moreno, maybe Murphy in for Haglin, depending on Haglin's status, or Murphy in for Mascara, right? Um, depending on Haglin's status, and then and maybe Alvaro, but I don't really see Alvaro getting rotated, so that's my three plus the question mark of whoever gets. Um, whoever starts up top, yeah, and you, we just can't know that because we got Kimi coming back any day. I think someone said he should be back before this game, but it's unlikely. Santos potentially hurt. Yeah, so I would say most likely, even if Santos isn't out, out, maybe he still doesn't start. So I think most likely is it's. Baji and, and, and Vasquez. And I don't know that they need. I mean, Vasquez, yeah. he didn't travel to New York and Baji hasn't really been playing all year. Yeah. And you need him. Like, if Vasquez, like, the team set up Vasquez's contract in such a way, I'd imagine that, like, they do need to sell him at some point. And so they need him scoring goals and saving his legs hurts them. This season and in the future transfer value, they really need that guy back up and running. And then uh, um, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this later in a future episode. But with the you know U.S. Open Cup first choice team, like uh, Chief, throughout, even if they go first choice team for for any given Open Cup game, for me, Alec Can owns that tournament as the goalkeeper. Yeah, that's the way it usually he works never, around. Yeah, there. he never yeah. gets he never gets rotated. And it, it, yeah. That's the way it works around the world. Is even as like teams go for it, like in the yeah. FA Cup or something like that, you'll have that that'll be your reserve keepers tournament, even though if you're playing first teamers around them. The other thing that's like lurking out there that I was thinking of, and I was thinking about this as we were talking in the last segment about you know winning the treble and whatever, is that there's a month off in August for the League's Cup, and if you are a Supporters Shield contending team. <laughs> You could just toss the League's Cup. Yeah. Like, you could just, you know, you can play your first teamers enough to get them, a, you know, a hard practice worth of effort in and just get dumped out and use that as like a month just to recuperate, to get yourself right, get everybody healthy. Like, there's no there's no requirement that you got to go balls to the wall in this tournament. It's brand new. And if you got other shit going on, maybe it is a situation with this team where they think to themselves, we're kind of thin. We may be getting reinforcements in the summer window, but we are planning on using the month of August just to let people rest up and get healthy for the the stretch run of the MLS season. You know, there's a there's a school of thought that one of the reasons Nashville was so successful in 2020 was that they got quarantined out of MLS's back. So instead of having this very weird tournament disrupting their season, they got to stay in Nashville drill together as a team, have a whole, I don't know, month, two months, extra, yep. Yep. extra, extra practice, organized practice together than anybody else. 
I I firmly believe that and I, I will I will go to my grave saying that that was the best thing that ever happened to them was getting kicked out of that tournament. Um, I was thinking about this. We focus so much on this podcast and I, I think as a fan base on squad rotation for this New York City game for any of these games rather than tactics, even more than individual performances in a lot of ways. Do you guys think that's what is top of mind with this coaching staff? Or I, do you I think, think they're still tinkering with their system. I do think that that's how that's a way that they rotate. Like, and like, I didn't see any, any, any of the information about the Red Bull game until like two days after it happened. But, <laughs> right. um, uh, you know, starting Lucho as I think they started him as like a second, as, a, as one of their two strikers. Yeah. Up top. That's a way to keep him in the game, but save his legs a little bit. If he has less I, I don't know how I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if 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 he just ignored that and did what he typically does. But he if he does not ha- drop back. But if he's he, but he if he's staying up, up high, right, he's he's putting less wear and tear on his legs. Right. Um a game like Colorado, where it felt like they were letting Colorado after they got the goal, especially in the second half, they were letting Colorado play with the ball a lot. I know it can be tiring to mm-hmm. defend all the time, but um, you may come into games with different game plans that say, if all goes well, we don't, we're not killing ourselves this game. <laughs> right. Right. Certainly feels like they have an off switch that they can flip when they're comfortably do. ahead. Yes. <laughs> Unco- frequently and uncomfortably do. It, it's, a, it's only burned them a couple of times. That's the insane thing. It's like, it really truly feels like when this team like walks on the field and they go, all right, Colorado, altitude, they're not that good. Let's get a goal and let's sit back and defend it and we'll get out of here with a one nothing victory. Like, it feels like they're able to just do that. They can just impose their will, even though their will isn't crush, destroy, dominate. It's just, let's get in, get what we need, get out. They're able to do it. I don't know. And I think we focus a lot on the rotation aspect of things. So that's probably for us, the easiest aspect of sports management to understand. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's a math problem. It's, well, this person has played this many minutes. That seems like it's too many. They have this many minutes left to play. But, you know, it's not we fall into this trap of thinking that way. And I'm as guilty of this as anyone as anyone else. But I mean, even if they're not playing a game, they're practicing and they're running in practice and they're running full out doing drills and doing, you know, small side games and whatnot. And like load management can mean a lot of different things. It can mean reduced uh, intensity in practice or when, Mm -hmm. you know, you're rotating, it can be okay. Instead of being subbed out in the 80th minute or going the full 90, he's going to get subbed out in the 70th, and I'm going to give him a little bit of extra rest if I possibly can. And it's it's a way more complex issue than we ever, as a fan, analyze it, because we're not inside the buildings, and for better or worse, none of us have ever done this for a living. Yeah. Maybe if we had... Uh... One of the members of Natty SC as a regular co-host, he could get get a little more insight as to the uh, the midweek rotation. Add that to the uh, the media questions to ask for our credentialed reporter. 
<laughs> that is that's a good point. We will have a voice. More more to come on that, but we will have a voice. We will have a presence at the soccer tournament. So don't don't think we're abandoning your USL uh, legends on this podcast. Uh, so for New York City FC, they're in a bad place, but I think on paper they're still a good team. Grayson, what are you thinking? I'm going to say one to one. Ooh. Uh, draw. A one to one draw. Who do you think scores the one for us? Just to make it harder for you. I know that's not at all what you're thinking when you it's make gonna these be, predictions. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Brandon. Okay. Chief? I'm going to say two to one win. Ooh. I just, I. Two goals in one game, huh? You think we're that good? <laughs> Getting crazy, small pitch. No, there's um, it's in the air right now, and until it stops being in the air, I'm just gonna go with it. What I'll go you? with a one a one nothing victory for the old FC Cincinnati with a goal coming from Marco Angulo. I think he gets the start over over Wobdo. And I'm gonna go with uh, Lucho from the spot, Ooh, and then I like it. Then Vasquez. So this feels like the small pitch, like it's you know weird setup. It just feels like a game where we're gonna draw a PK in this game and probably give like up it. one too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very fair. It's a weird. It's a weird place to play. Time and space don't seem to operate normally in, in Yankee Stadium or wherever city field, whichever, whichever particular baseball stadium we'll find ourselves. It does, it does appear we will be playing at Yankee stadium. Um, so there you go. Well, if any of that happens, you know, we're going to be talking about it on this podcast, uh, later this week. Uh, but before we go chief, I think you have the, Oh, I think you said it to me. We have some detailed breaking news here and it is wishing one Jeff B a happy birthday. This is 29 years old. Is that what I'm That's looking May at 29th. here? May 29th. May 29th. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so the time you're hearing this, you're probably not 29 years old. And I have to be clear here. This is this is Jeff B. This is not, as far as we know, Jeff Birding. If it was for Jeff Birding, we disavow this birthday wish. <laughs> but if it is not for him, if it is for a different Jeff B, we're all in. Thanks for being a fan of the pod, man. It was uh, it was given to us Jeff G E O F F, and so if this was a sly attempt to get us to wish something to Jeff Birding, that would be really funny. <laughs> I would applaud it. <laughs> it was kind of like um, somebody back when uh, a couple years ago, Mick Cronin was on Cameo, where you could get Mick Cronin to wish you like a birthday That's message right. or whatever, and there was a Xavier fan who. A year before, like the Crosstown shootout, like over the summer, bought a cameo where Mick Cronin was instructed to wish Travis congratulations for winning the city championship. <laughs> As in Travis Steele, the former head coach of the Musketeers. And so sat, bought this video and sat on it for like seven months just so that he could whip it out when Xavier won the shootout to make it look like Mick Cronin was congratulating the Musketeers <laughs> on winning the game. Just the ultimate long con. And so like, if that's if that's this, if we were messaged because Jeff B is actually Jeff Birding, job well done on that. Well played. Well played. <laughs> so there you go. That's uh, a pod. Get us out of here, Chief. 
Fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.